The New Orleans Pelicans have been struggling recently and they clearly need some help, but, and this may sound crazy given what I just said, what if I told you they shouldn't make a big trade at the NBA's trade deadline? Because it might mean they have to blow up the team sooner rather than later. I'll explain in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday game day for your New Orleans Pelicans. They're taking on the Orlando Magic tonight, hopefully going to get a win after that really rough game that we talked about yesterday against the Miami Heat. And over the past couple of games, it's been very clear they need some help. But should they make a move this season? And I'm going to explain why, no, maybe they shouldn't. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the only show coming to y'all like this, giving you the insight you want, the trade targets you want to hear about, the on-court aspect, what we're seeing, what's going on with the team, tweaks they can make, and now maybe why they shouldn't be making a move. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. So let's get into this one. This is going to be an interesting show because I I had a heck of a tease in there, right? Maybe they need to blow up the team. And yeah, that's something that if you make a big trade this season, might start that clock ticking and I'll explain and it involves the luxury tax. But I want to start with this. When you look at this team right now, what's the biggest problem? Is it not playing defense, lack of offense, or is it simply they're really injured? They don't have Zion Williamson. They don't have Brandon Ingram, and that's been a problem for them. Those guys are meant to give you offense. I tweeted out, you know, yesterday during the game, I got some thoughts on this on this offense here. It's got Kushner, friend of mine, friend of the show, comes in and is like, yeah, my thoughts are they're missing Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And it's a joke, but there's also some truth to it. Like, that's been the biggest issue is they don't have those guys. All things considered, they're doing okay. They're, you know, third, fourth in the Western Conference, depending on when you're listening to this show right now. They're okay. They're fourth right now, technically, when I'm recording. It's still not bad. All things considered, you've only had Brandon Ingram for 15 games. That seems pretty good to me. And if you were to add those guys back in, the team is probably okay, and we don't need to panic over everything. Look, though it hasn't been a ton of possessions, they haven't played together a ton, The starting lineup of C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas, I'm here to tell you, is really freaking good. Really, really, really good. According to Cleaning the Glass, that lineup has a net rating of 10.1. Positive 10.1. Six is the number, positive six is the number for you to be considered, in my opinion, in the championship contender level. That starting lineup is championship contender good. They have an offensive rating of 120.7. If you were to look at the entirety of the league, that would lead the NBA. That 120.7 is better than the Nuggets' overall offensive rating of 119.6 to 
to put it in perspective. They have a defensive rating of 110.5. That would be, you guessed it, not actually best in the league, second best in the league. Milwaukee's got the second best defense at exactly 110.5. Memphis has the top at 109.3. Those are team versus individual lineups. Keep that in mind. But it tells you that starting lineup is really freaking good. And even Zion Williamson and CJ McCollum, that two-man lineup combination is also really good. When those guys play, they're 14 and 11, and that two-man lineup has a net rating of 5.5. They're winning the minutes when those two guys are out there on the court together. So even if you don't have Brandon Ingram, you're capable of still winning very many games just by virtue of having Zion and CJ out there together. That's all to say is this team is good. This team as constructed currently, is good. They were first in the West. They stayed third in the West despite a number of injuries. At a certain point, do you need to rock the boat with that, right? That's just at the base level of what we're seeing this year. Healthy, they're really, really good. I don't think a trade screws up team chemistry or really anything like that. Obviously, a trade could bolster that too. But when you look at the fact that the team is actually good when healthy now, And when you start to factor in the luxury tax with everything, does that mean you need to make a move? And I don't know. So I think some of the panic over how they look right now is a little overdone in that once this team gets healthy and, you know, again, it's a big if, right? It's a big if. When are we going to see Brandon Ingram? When will we see Zion Williamson? Do you trust them to stay healthy the rest of the way? Those are all... You know, big question marks right now that are valid to ask, fair to ask. And if you think they'll be healthy and think they'll be fine, make a run after the all-star break, let's say. I don't know if you think they need to make a move. This team is really good. All of the numbers back it up that when healthy, this team is elite and looking like a team that could be in the conference finals. I don't know if I have them truly as a team that could make the finals or win the finals, win the NBA championship this year. But when you, when you look at how good they are, when they're healthy, it's not like a, a clear closed door thing. And the answer is a big fat. No, it's maybe they could, And so because of that, I don't think you need to panic and make a trade because there's a lot of long-term implications. You've heard me say this on the show throughout this year. You're managing multiple timelines, not in the same way that the Warriors are. You have the short term, which is kind of like this season, these next couple of games leading up to the trade deadline, the all-star break, but you also have the rest of the season. But beyond that, you have the next couple of seasons and the salary cap is really going to start coming into play for New Orleans. This year, and next year in subsequent seasons. And what happens when small market teams get too expensive? You got to trade guys away. You got to blow them up a little bit. Is that something you want to see happen to this team? For me, that's a big fat no. So let's look at the numbers, the salary cap, and I'll explain everything about what I mean coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your own 
business goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract and uh, identify qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It allows you to identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. And you can do it all in one place, all in one platform where everyone already is. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So go to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all like no one else is, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this team a day is going to be interesting. Have I swayed you in terms of wanting them to make a trade or not? There's nothing wrong with them making a move right now, too. They can figure all of the things out that I'm about to say. But it's also worth keeping in mind that if they stand pat the trade deadline, this might have been a factor into all of that. So let's get into what I mean. Let's look at their salary cap this season. Right now, the Pelicans are about three, and this is rough math, $3.57 million from the luxury tax. You bring in a big name player and your salary goes up, you could start paying the luxury tax. This year, it doesn't matter so much if you have a tiny tax bill of $2 million, let's say. But the luxury tax, for those who don't know, gets kind of stiffer and more punitive. It goes up. Right now, if the Pelicans go into it, they pay dollar for dollar. You know, every dollar you're over the tax, you pay another dollar. So a 5 million guy becomes a 10 million guy all of a sudden. But the longer that you're in it, it gets into the repeater tax. And then there's tiers too, the deeper you go into the luxury tax. If you're in the tax for multiple years, that goes up. And sometimes it can get up to three times as much the dollars that you're spending. So you spend $1 more on over the luxury tax, now you're paying three times that amount. It gets really, really expensive. And the deeper you go into the luxury tax, same thing happens. So the luxury tax can be really brutal for teams that you know aren't the Golden State Warriors, just raking in cash and things like that. So they're three point seven five million from the luxury tax right now. You know, you bring in a player, you're obviously going to send money out too, but there's some wiggle room there. And if you make multiple deals, there's ways that you could say bring in four million dollars over what your current salary is. And now all of a sudden, that luxury tax clock is ticking. They also want to have a little bit of money to be able to maybe sign a guy like EJ Liddell to a deal at the end of the season, like they've done with Jose and Najee Marshall, where they converted him from two-way deals to NBA contracts. I would not be shocked if that's kind of like the wink-wink handshake agreement with EJ Liddell to do something like that, using one of the exceptions from this past offseason that they haven't touched yet. So... They maybe need a little bit of wiggle room there to do something with EJ Liddell. And if you bring in money back, say you send out Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham and you bring in Boyan Bogdanovich, and I'll use him as examples in this segment too because the numbers get pretty easy. He costs more than those two guys by a little bit. It eats into other money for you to do other things with, not that there's a ton of other things that New Orleans needs to do. But it's not this season that I'm really looking at their luxury, the luxury tax payments and things like that. It's 2023, 2024. Say right now, hypothetically, they send out 
Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham in a trade and say it's for Boyan Bogdanovich. He makes $20 million next season. That makes the numbers super easy on this. Let's also assume that Garrett Temple retires and they have team options for Najee Marshall and Herb Jones that they pick up. And they also more or less have a team option for Jose Alvarado. It's not a fully guaranteed deal. They're going to make it guaranteed. It essentially makes it a team option. That puts them rough estimates here between 169 million and 171 million in payroll on their team before you add in draft picks or a guy like EJ Liddell into this too. Next season's luxury tax threshold is expected to be $162 million. Before draft picks, before EJ Liddell, you're already seven to $9 million over that. That seven to $9 million over becomes 14 to $18 million over that. And while I love to expect New Orleans to just throw money, fire off the money cannons, right? I don't know if that's what they're going to do. But let's say you do that. And you're looking at, let's let's round down, $169 million in payroll, you're $7 million over. The clock starts ticking now. The clock starts ticking right now. The team will only get more expensive if you want to keep everybody. Najee and Herb are going to need new deals after next season. Jose, uh, not Jose, Trey Murphy will eventually as well. And he's the type of guy in the modern NBA that might really get paid, especially if he starts to put it all together. You also have Jonas Valanciunas and what the Pelicans want to do with the center position. Is it going to be realistic to keep all of those guys? Honestly, no. You're going to lose some of those guys. Someone's going to get traded to save some money somewhere because I don't know how many years the Pelicans are going to want to pay the luxury tax for. And even if they do, they're not going to want to go that deep in it. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. That's my intuition based on conversations around the team that they might pay it for a year or two, but I don't think this is going to be one of those things where it's like, oh my God, look at how much they are spending. And we love that. It's just maybe not a realistic thing. So losing those guys, you need cheap replacements for them. When you're going to be a luxury tax team, you're going to need young guys on cost-controlled, likely rookie deals to replace them because you don't have then salary cap space to go and get them. And if you spend big money in free agency, say using some of your exceptions, the mid-level exception, the biannual exception, those type of things... It's going to put you deeper into the luxury tax. You're going to go further, and that's not what New Orleans, I'm guessing, will want to do. So you need young, cost-controlled guys. Those are draft picks. If you make a trade for OG Ananobi this year and you send out two picks, three depending, plus a young guy now, maybe Dyson, maybe Herb's in that deal somewhere, that hurts you for the future when this team gets expensive. Even if they don't make a trade, say for Boyan Bogdanovich this year, this team's going to get expensive, even without him. Can you? The way you fix that and the way you find kind of next men up replacements for those guys is through young, cost-controlled players that are on rookie deals, and those are draft picks. Those are going to be so important for the Pelicans in the future as a tax team that if they're losing guys, maybe you have to let Larry Nance Jr. walk after his extension is up because you don't have the money to pay him or you just can't afford it. You need someone to replace him. Probably a guy that was drafted. Same for CJ when that ever comes after his extension kicks in and ends up, right? In the future, there will be a looming new potential extension, new contract for a guy like Brandon Ingram. 
Now, the salary cap's going to go up, but it's only going to go up so much every year. And this happens when you have a young team. These guys get good, and all of a sudden, now you got to pay them significantly more than they were making before. Zion's extension kicks in next year. That's factored into that 169 number, too. Those are all you know, big problems. You've got to kind of figure some of that out. And so it it sounds sexy. It sounds fun. Go get OG Ananobi. Go get Boyan Bogdanovich. Go get Malik Beasley. Go get Jordan Clarkson, right? Any of those guys that you think add a lot to the team, yeah, it does. But are any of those guys going to make the Pelicans a contender this year or next year? I don't fully, you know, they could. I'm not ruling that out. But if they're not, it really hurts you in subsequent seasons. Now, you may just need to deal with that when it comes. And if you think the window is right now, then you should absolutely go for it. But if it's make a trade because, my God, they're struggling right now without Zion Williamson and without Brandon Ingram, I don't know if that's the reasoning just to make any sort of deal. This team is really good, as I laid out in the first segment, when they don't when they have all of those guys. There's also a couple of other factors. Let's get into a little bit more about paying the luxury tax. I also want to look at the fan aspect of this. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and one of my resolutions always is to eat a little bit healthier. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I also have a sweet tooth? Well, Built Bar is the way to go. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. You won't even realize these are good for you. They taste like a candy bar. So what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, which is what I had today, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. They only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait around to get a box anymore. I've been telling you to go to Built.com and you can still do that. But now you can go get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. You can pick up a box of the cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs over at Walmart. You can get the brownie batter and churro at Sam's Club. So go to your local Walmart, your local Sam's Club, or Built.com and get yourself an order of Built Bars. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're coming to y'all like no one else is, taking the long-term view in things today. A lot of people are saying trade targets. I've done shows on trade targets too, but there's more to it than just that. And that's why you come to Locked On Pelicans for that kind of insight. And now for your second listen, the heck are the Saints doing? No, no real significant changes to the staff. They're just going to run this all back after last season. Someone make sense of it. And I got just the guy for you, Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints. Trust me, I haven't listened to it yet, but he's got a show on that. I need someone to almost talk me off the ledge, and I'm hoping Ross is going to do that or, or set me straight about why this is a good idea or maybe it's just a completely bad idea and I'm not crazy. Locked on Saints, go make that your second listen, especially after the decisions that the Saints were making. So we're looking today, the Pelicans, in their kind of far, not far future, but like near-term future is maybe the right word for that, and how they're going to kind of navigate the salary cap and the luxury tax with things kind of coming up. And I do think that might be a factor in why they don't make a move at the trade deadline. First and foremost, I think it's, again, the team is good. The, t- the team is really good when they're, when they're healthy. The big question is, are they, are they going to be healthy? Are they going to be healthy all season long? It's a big question mark right now. If they're not, maybe they do need some help. But when they are healthy, they're very, very good. 
There's also the long-term luxury tax implications. How long will they be willing to pay the tax if at all? There's almost like no way to avoid it next season without dismantling the team at this point, though maybe they get creative. But there's almost no way that they're going to be like a huge spender and shock you with the amounts of money. I just do not see that happening. I just do not see that happening. I hope I'm wrong on this. I really, really hope I'm wrong on it. And look, it's not my money, so I think Gail Benson should spend it all. That's just not realistic. So I hope I'm wrong on this, but if we're taking kind of the realistic view here, this is a concern that we need to think about and look at when it comes to being fake general managers, paying the luxury tax. You know, maybe they pay it for a year, maybe they pay it for two. You know, you can also duck under it before the end of the season or at the trade deadline if it looks like you're not going anywhere next year or not a title contender and it resets that clock. But once that clock starts running, man, that clock speeds up real fast. And it means they're going to have to trade away guys, lose guys, maybe not be able to afford guys to kind of balance the books. And it's the unfortunate side of potentially being in a, in a small market. Small market teams just generally don't really do this. It gets really punitive really quickly. You look at some of the astronomical numbers of the Warriors, like Google Warriors, luxury tax payments, payroll, things like that. The rosters can cost them about a billion dollars or something like that over like a four year period, maybe more than that. New Orleans can't do that. Most teams can't do that. So that's a real serious thing to consider. And you know, what's not fun for anybody, a team having to be cheap, because they spent too much and it just didn't work out and having to blow up a team. We've seen it a little bit before, right? Tyson Chandler being traded, kind of dismantling that Hornets team. There's also some injury stuff in there too, you know, but part of that was just being cheap and not wanting to pay guys and do those sorts of things. It's not ideal, but it, it happens, right? We've seen it with the Thunder before too, when they traded away James Harden before he was up for a big deal, just because how much it would have cost to keep Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook and him together. And that's right after they made a finals, you know, a window for a small market team is probably much narrower, smaller than it is for a big market team too. And so if you know, you're kind of entering that territory and you are going to lose guys, you know, it really, really helps when you got a replacement that you can afford to have on your roster because he's a rookie who's outplaying his rookie deals. Rookie contracts are set by where they're drafted. It's just kind of slotted in. I think the NFL does it similarly now too. It didn't used to be like that, but it is now. Number one overall pick gets the most money. Second pick gets less than that. Third, so on and so on. And these are just massively underpaid deals. How much do you think Zion Williamson is worth, say, this year? And I don't, I'm going to pull up his salary right now in front of me. You know, it's going to be way more than what he's making. And that's where guys like that really come into place, making $13.5 million. He's making $2 million more than Devontae Graham. He's making less than Jonas Valanciunas. See what I mean? How important that kind of thing can be? So when you get those guys, you got to keep them. Well, if you're trading for players, you're going to be sending those picks out. And it means that your replacements might not be there in the future. Those draft picks... And not having to trade guys like Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, losing some of those guys. Also, I think is important when it comes to fan engagement. I think one of the most fun things you can kind of be involved in is, you know, as a fan is watching kind of a player go through their like natural progression as they, you know, hopefully go, go up and up and up. 
you know, watching Zion go from what he was his rookie year to what he is now, watching, say, you know, Herb Jones and what he did last year, you get an emotional attachment to these guys. You kind of invest emotionally in them. Sometimes you invest, you know, monetarily in them too by buying jerseys, things like that. You know what's going to bother you so much when someone gets traded because they cost too much now and you freaking love that player and they're actually still good. So I think there's something to be said for just keeping with this team and watching them grow and letting people see what they're capable of accomplishing without adding to it or mixing it up significantly. I talked a lot about this when we talked about Kevin Durant during the offseason, why I was ultimately against that Kevin, Dur- uh, Kevin Durant trade that involved core guys with this team that we all really like. Trade Tyson Daniels with Kevin Durant, sure, at the time. But when you start to get some other guys in here, I don't love that idea. Brandon Ingram, or at times people were throwing Zion in there, which was never going to happen. You know, that I think is when it it can really be hurtful. I think people really like this team and they want to see what it's capable of doing. What can this core group that we've emotionally invested in got to see grow last year, the year before that too, and are seeing grow this year? What are they capable of doing? We'd like an answer to that question. We'd like to know. You mix up the roster, you make a big trade, that question never gets answered, and I think that's unsatisfying to a certain degree, and I think it does turn some people off. Now, they'll come back if you win a title with some of the moves you make, but if you're having to trade guys away because of cost control moves, that's something that concerns me. So, this is an open question of what New Orleans will do with the luxury tax, and I'm not convinced that they're really going to be paying deep into that and throwing the money all around. Maybe if you disagree, let me know in the comments down below or let me know if I've kind of changed your mind about the long-term outlook of what New Orleans needs to do. Or do you think there's a guy out there that makes him an instant title contender like tomorrow if he gets added to the team? I think it's an interesting question, an interesting discussion, but the team is good when they're healthy and there's a lot of long-term concerns to think about as well. There's also reasons as I've laid out, right? Tons of reasons to make a trade Today, tomorrow, before the NBA trade deadline too. There's no right or wrong answer to all of this. So let me know what you think in the comments down below. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans, this week of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all on Monday. Maybe see you at the Pels Watch Party tonight.